to be able to be here today and, and to bring Asher. Uh, he is just over uh, two months old now. I think he's about nine weeks old. And, um, and you know, as I said, uh, you know, he's, he's nine weeks old. He's been out in the world for nine weeks, but he, he came about six weeks early. So on his kind of, they call it the corrected date, he's about three weeks old. And so he's still a little and finding his, his way in the world. Um, but the thing that I, I want to talk to you about today, because it's kind of wild, and, and some of you, if you've come to our church in the last couple of months, you are like, who's this guy? Um, I promise, I'm part of the team here at True North, and, uh, and great to be with you all. And part of the reason uh, we haven't been here for the last uh, couple of months has been uh, Asher and him coming into the world and taking some time and space uh, with that. Um, you know, I thought today maybe I could share something with you all. For me, when I speak, I always want to speak what God is bringing into my life. And so if it's okay, I'm going to share a little bit of what God's, I guess, been sharing with me and, and teaching me over the last couple months. Would that be okay with everybody? Does that sound good? Uh, if it doesn't, that's kind of tough. We're in and we're on the ride. And that's what I got. So, you know, the, the message I want to share today, this will come a bit from my uh, last couple of months and experience. But what I know is true for all of us is that lots of things in life uh, will often happen in unexpected ways. And our last couple months has not been the couple of months we expected. Uh, but what I know is all of us have these times when we make a plan and we think we know how things are going to go and then nothing goes to plan. Uh, anyone can relate to that. You know, can you relate to those times when things just don't go to plan? Uh, you know, I think perhaps in our world more than ever, uh, we've gotten to have to get used to life taking sharp turns left and right and unexpected things. You know, Right now, they, we are in September, and we don't know exactly where the grand final of the AFL is going to be played. It's not for sure yet. Can you imagine a few years ago being this point in the year, like, where are they going to play that this year? You just say, that can't happen. we got to plan it. We know where the grand final will be for the next 50 years. You know, the world used to be a more certain place, and we've got to learn how we work with unexpected changes. You know, the last time I was standing uh, to speak to our church was June 28th. Uh, can you remember June 28th? Who can remember that far back? Uh, that, and, and I was speaking, we were as a church in the middle of our uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we were seemingly just a couple of weeks away from Imagine, which if you were watching a couple minutes, you know, on what's on, you know, it's, it didn't happen. <laughs> there was all these things that were happening and and then that day was the day that uh, there was a suspected outbreak. And uh, by Tuesday, we were into lockdown. And on, uh, on that Tuesday night, about 1045, you know, when, when June was happening and the end of June was happening, uh, our plan was we thought we've got about six weeks to get ready for this baby who's coming in August. And we, were, we thought we had time to get a room ready and, and build furniture and, and you know, generally get ready for a baby. And then all of a sudden, it was close to midnight. Lisa's uh, waters broke. We weren't expecting that. And, and before we knew it, we were off to the hospital. And, uh, and we got to the hospital. And, you know, it's great now as well. Obviously, you've seen Asher. You know, th this story turns out good. It's a great story. You know, he's, he's cute as can be, right? But when you're in those moments, suddenly life's not going as you expect, and you don't really know what's going to happen. And the hospital, they started to tell us, okay, you know, we want to try and keep him in there longer. And so uh, we got there wondering, okay, what's going on? And then the first plan was we're going to try and keep him in there for maybe the next three weeks. 
so we hope maybe, you know, get ready to potentially stay in this hospital for three weeks. And so, you know, through the night we thought, okay, that's okay. Wow, didn't see that coming. Uh, by the middle of the next day, they said that plan's no longer valid. <laughs> He's definitely coming out. He's ready. Uh, and so by, they said, now don't be ready for baby in three weeks. Be ready for baby in about two hours. Okay, cool. Let's go with that plan. And sure enough, that's what ended up happening. And he came out via Caesar. And, uh, and then there we go. And the thing is, what that meant, though, was just the next six weeks would look nothing at all, you know, like what we expected. And we ended up, um, so we, he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks, and, uh, and they just do such an amazing job there. And, uh, and he grew and got stronger and healthier. We brought him home. We brought him home, and we had about a, a week at home. And then I uh, had some more unexpected news. I got the news, as many of you know, that my brother had passed away. And wasn't expecting that. Wasn't expecting that. Sometimes it's nice that which is unexpected is joyful, the arrival of a baby. Sometimes the unexpected comes with a lot of pain and sorrow as well. And what we were able, uh, I guess, in so many ways to do was to have a little bit of extra space at because it was one of those, it just turned into a couple months where sometimes you have like your highs and your lows. And this time they were like, oh, just stacked a little bit together. And, and what I'd love to share, because life is sometimes mountaintops, life sometimes is valleys. But I'd love to just share some of the words God spoke to me that were just so helpful on those journeys. You know, I want to share with you one of the verses. I read this, it was in my Bible in one year reading, about two days after Asher was born came across Proverbs 16.9. And Proverbs 16.9 says this. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes, or some translations say, the Lord determines their steps. And I love this verse, and God really used it to speak to me because it reminded me that we make plans. Humans, we, we make plans. It's good to make plans. The Bible has a lot to say about the importance of planning and living wisely. But we make our plans. But this verse reminds us that uh, God has the final kind of word on our plans. And it reminds us that sometimes we make a plan and feel like that's the best plan. But God's the one who ultimately determines our steps, determines how things go. And this verse, I guess what it really allowed for me was it just reminded me because I, I found myself kind of going, wow, this is not what I thought it, when I read this. This is not what I thought this week was going to look like. This is not what I thought was going to be happening. Uh, there was all kinds of other things I imagined. Uh, I thought we'd be getting ready for the conference, all these things. But what it did was allow me to settle in and go, you know what, Lord? You're the one who establishes steps. You're the one who uh, determines some, uh, some of these things. And I don't understand, how do we know what God says, you know, and determines or not? I, I can't explain all that to you. But what this verse, I think, reminds us is that the life of faith is best lived from a position of trust. And the gap between I make my plan and the Lord determines my step, that gap is really trust. And it's to be able to go, God, this isn't how I would have done things or maybe how I imagined they would go. But if I can live from a place of trust, then it allows me to be freed up, to be freed up from worry, 
to be freed up from thinking, God, is it going to be okay that he's come this early? Freed up from, is it what's going to happen here and how's that going to go? Freed up from, but you know, God, I thought this should happen then or then. It allows you to go, you know what, I can trust that God's hand is on this. And, and even if it's not how I thought would have been best, I can find peace and joy because I know, you know what, God sees a bigger picture than me. God sees more than, than I can see. You know, Nicky Gumbel, he, uh, in his Bible in one year that I read through, on that particular day, he told a story in his devotional. And he told a story about when he was working as a lawyer, uh, trained as a lawyer, working as a barrister, and he was working and felt God calling him into ministry. And so he told everyone at work, I'm, I'm finishing after this year. I'm going to go uh, to a seminary to train to be a pastor at this particular place. And he said, so I'm going there next year. Told everybody, that's what I'm doing. And, and, but it was contingent on someone dropping out of this particular program. And, but they told him, no, it always happens. It always happens. So he just made the plan and went with it. And it gets through the whole year. No one drops out, and he can't go on the plan. He can't go with the plan. He can't go where he thought. And so now he's at work having to tell people, okay, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be working here. How many people are having an experience similar to that? You think it's going this way. And at the time, he said, I just couldn't believe, you know, God, what is going on? Why did this happen? But because of that, in a, another year went by, and he ended up at the Oxford where he did go to. And he said, looking back, I realized if I'd have gone to the first place that I thought was the best one, I would have never ended up where I was at Holy Trinity Brompton, where Alpha that, uh, that we and so many around the world have seen come bring millions to faith in Christ. He said, I realized all that would have never been possible if that, if that first plan had gone. Can I tell you something? There's probably some things in your life that you think are not going to plan. But when we remember that God's hand is in it yet, there are things we can't imagine that he can see. And so I encourage you, you know, if you find yourself in a place that's not going to plan, to be reminded we plan, but God establishes our steps. His hand is still on your life. His hand is in what's happening. And one of the greatest choices we can make is the choice to trust, to say, God, I, I trust that even if I can't see it, you're in this. You know, as I said, the great thing for us was that our, you know, unexpectedness has been a source of extraordinary joy. You know, the, the, the birth of Asher and, uh, you know, his his name means happy. Uh, if, you know, that's why we named him that. It comes from a story in the Old Testament. This woman, Leah, who you know, wasn't able to have children for a, a very long time. And after a very long time, she, she does. And uh, this breakthrough comes. And she names the, the second child Asher because it means happy. And she says, people will call me happy. They'll call me blessed. She's happy. And we named Asher that because, you know what, our, our plans of what we thought our family would look like, they didn't go to plan the way we imagined. You know, we are, um, you know, Lisa and I are just another young couple in our church. We're in our mid-20s having young babies, you know. Just like Riley. That's actually, that's Riley. Riley's in his uh, mid-20s. He's, he's in his mid-20s having babies. Can we have another congratulations for Riley and Tay, by the way? Congratulations. Amalu, I hope. If you didn't hear the news down in Malu, Riley and Tay are having a baby. Put your hands together for them. It's exciting. You know, Lisa and I, uh, we always imagine this season of our life, we'd be mentoring parents like Riley and Tay, not being parents like Riley and Tay. <laughs> you know, we, we, but you know what? God's plan for us was different. 
And, and it's, and, and what now, the thing that we're so thankful for in this particular season, having a child after a, a, a 10 year break, which conveniently allows you to forget how to change a nappy or how to do any of that stuff. We'd be at the hospital and they're always like, oh, it says on your, on your chart, you have a child, so you'll know how to do this. <laughs> no, 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 you read that chart closer. <laughs> we don't know how to do anything. <laughs> We've forgotten all that. But the thing that we found was this incredible joy in the gift of this child. And for some of you, you're in a place where you've had some unexpected joy in your life. And sometimes the unexpected things, they, they just bring us great happiness and they're great sources of joy. And, and one of the things that I think as followers of Jesus, we want to know how do we make the most of those moments? You know, one of my favorite verses, and God spoke to me a lot over the last eight weeks from this, is Psalm 90.12. And Psalm 90.12 says, Teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us, Lord, to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. You know, a heart of wisdom is about knowing how to live life well. About how to, in whatever season it is, to navigate it with, with wisdom and, and to live life to the fullest. And I love this verse because it reminds us that one of the ways we gain wisdom in life is to number our days. And to number our days is to assign value to them so that we are not in danger of, of just kind of frivolously kind of just spending them away. Do you know when you budget, you assign a value to every dollar you have so that you don't just spend that money without thinking about it. You know, whenever you know there's a limited amount of something, you spend it differently. I wear contact lenses. Who wears contact lenses? Raise your hands. If you're down in Malu or online, you wear contact lenses. Okay, apparently not many people, so that's good. We don't need to pray for vision in this church. That's great. Um, but I, I wear contacts, and so every morning I, I, I you know, get them out. I, spray, I put some solution on them. I put them in. Every night you have this little house for your contacts. i got to really explain this because apparently nobody wears them. So you have this little case for them. So open it up, and then you got to pour some solution in it, and then your contact goes inside the solution. Now here's the other night I had like a fresh, this big bottle of the solution. Here's what I know about the way I put my contacts away. When that bottle is full and it's like brand new, I'm like, yes, I will have a full a full little cup for my contacts. They will sit there in the, a giant sea of contact solution. It will be wonderful. And I just, I pour it right in there. And then uh, over time, that bottle's getting down. And what I know is by the time that bottle's down to the last little bit, I'm like, do you know what? All I really need is about two or three drops of contact solution. And those last two or three drops I'll use for like three months. I'm like, you know, maybe I just need one drop. We'll keep it. And you know what? That's what it's like. Whenever you think you got plenty of something, you just, hey, more, whatever. Just use, don't think about it. As soon as there's a number and you can see, hey, this is finite, we, we intuitively know i got to make the most of this. So what this verse is saying is, when it comes to the days of your life, God, teach me to number them so that I gain a heart of wisdom. So that we realize that life is a precious resource. Our days, it's so easy to go through your, your week and it's just like, well, it's just another Tuesday. Maybe I didn't really, you know, have that one go the way I wanted. Who cares? It's another Tuesday. There'll be another Tuesday next week. This verse is a reminder. Every day is a gift from God. And when we actually number them, I mean, you know, 
this, when we're little, it seems like, you know, the world holds, you know, the whole world's in front of us. We're not thinking about this stuff. Asher, I've tried to talk to him a little bit and be like, buddy, I just want you to know you've only got so many days. It appears to me you're spending an inordinate amount of them just sleeping. You know, I think it's time to start. No, okay, so maybe that's all right. He's in a season that's okay. But as we get older, you know, and, and, and those who are more seasoned in life, I'm sure, and those more seasoned than I am, I'm sure, will testify, you appreciate it further as you go. But the, the wisdom thing is to go, Lord, help me to understand and appreciate so I don't just treat Tuesdays like they're just another day. But we understand the intrinsic value and, and opportunities of each and every day. That's wisdom. Wisdom to make the most of it. You know, when you have a baby, this, it's always kind of a jo joke. It's like, oh, you're going to have sleepless nights. Tick, that's true. You know, you're going to spend your, your life begins to revolve around wee and poo. Like, tick, that's true. And, and it's easy to kind of almost, oh, oh man, this will be. But the thing that I found so different and that I've just tried to appreciate every, every day through this journey of the, the gift of this particular child is just realizing, man, every time he wakes me up at night, that's a precious gift. Uh, what, what an opportunity to have your entire sleep cycle entirely disrupted, <laughs> just thrown on its head, you know, just, to, and, and I mean that, honestly, like, man, I, for a few years, I would have loved to have had that happen, and, and now it has, and so I say, Lord, don't let me for a moment now take it for granted, and even in the moments when it feels a little difficult or challenging, I just Remind myself of these words. Lord, teach me to number my days. Help me to know, though it seems right now like we may never sleep again, it will be such a short span of time. So may I enjoy and soak up all the joy of, of, of being woken up in the middle of the night, of changing nappies, of all those things. You know, wisdom is to be able to number our days. Wisdom, sometimes it's, you know, it's a great season, and so you want to soak all that joy but I love this verse as well. We're wise when we remember as well that, that adverse seasons don't last forever either. Sometimes you might be in a challenging season and it feels like this is going to last forever. But this word helps us remember, no, number it. It won't last forever. How many people remember the amount of rain in July? Anybody during July think it may never, the sun may never shine in Perth again? You know, like... Is this, this is it. This is our lot in life. We thought, we, we had it made. Perth was the greatest place. It rained. And it was like, will it ever rain again? But then just, boom, before you know it, it's this day like today. And it's hard to remember, did it really rain that much? Just know whatever season of life you're in, wisdom is to know whether it's good or whether it's challenging, it will not last forever. So live it wisely. You know, it was a great source of joy, obviously, the, you know, one of the greatest joys of our lives, Asher coming in. And, and it was, as I said, a couple weeks in, I got the news my brother had passed away. And, and when you lose someone you love like that and didn't expect, you know, he, he'd had a, a battle with kidney disease for a couple of years. And, and, and so in some level, of course, we expect or know, but at another level, just did not expect it. And, and, and you know, he's a few years older than I am, so you just doesn't feel like what you expect. But I, I want to encourage some of you who, what I know is our church, boy, across our church will be people who are living in both of these zones as well. Some great things happening, but some really difficult things that hurt happening. And, and in that, I just wanted to share, especially for some of you who may be in that kind of moment, 
one of the verses that it's been important to me for a number of years now since I did a, a particular spiritual formation course several years back as part of my dissertation work. And in a particular section, it's also around kind of soul care. And we talked a lot about what grieving well looks like. And one of the verses that's always spoken to me in those moments is Matthew 5, 4. It's in a, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching about how we live life well. And he says these surprising words in Matthew 5, uh, verse 4. He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And the thing I want to encourage, because I think sometimes when life's unexpected, it's good. Sometimes life's unexpected, and it's a really difficult thing. But when those difficult things come, or when there's loss, especially of, of people we love, or loss of, of, you know, things that are important and of great value in, in our lives, what Jesus says is that the ones who will be blessed, who will find to be blessed, it means really to be, you know, to be in a fortunate position or that good things are happening to you or there's a happiness that you can experience. He says, blessed are those who mourn. Now, notice it doesn't say, you know, blessed are those who bad things happen to. You see, to mourn in the scriptures, it literally means the idea is to get what's on the inside to the outside. That mourning is about how do I express what's happening inside me? Now, in the kind of Western world that, many, that we're living in, oftentimes we don't do mourning well. Not always good at just expressing pain or hurt when it's there. But this verse tells us that if you are mourning, if you have loss in your life, you will be blessed. You will position yourself to find joy again on the other side of it if you mourn that, if you express it. Can I just encourage some of you, if you're experiencing loss, the way to live life to the full and the way to experience joy in the scriptures is not, well, just kind of ignore what's happening there and pretend it's all good and focus on, on the sunny days to come. There is a, a deep and important reality to how God created us that we are meant to mourn that which hurts. And to mourn is to express it. You know, one of the reasons really we took a little extra time, I needed some space as well to be able to mourn well, to be able to actually go, you know what, I, I need to get what's on the inside to the outside, to take long walks, to, to spend time, you know, crying, let what's on the inside get to the outside, to talk, to share with others. I, I just say all to say, if you are experiencing loss, boy, one of the things we have to remember is that it's good for our soul. And we are blessed when we learn how to mourn well. And, and, and to the degree that we don't, we end up carrying things around that just stay heavy and don't allow us to get to that place of, of freedom and joy that God wants again. It's no good to pretend something didn't, you know, hurt as much as it did. The scriptures tell us you'll be blessed if you mourn. You'll, be, you'll position yourself to receive comfort from Jesus and from others if you mourn well. It allows us to be healthy and well and whole in the ways Jesus wants us to. You know, the, one of the reasons I think that was probably even a little bit challenging in, in some ways, the, the reality of having uh, a baby and then also lost were two things that you, you, you kind of wish you could be with your close family on. And, and that, uh, for many of you who live overseas and far from family or interstate and all that, there's certain things in life where, you, you know, you wish you could 
could be with, with family as you journey those things. And we're living in a, a particular pandemic. And so, you know, even just the idea of travel is no longer, you know, what on the cards. That's not happening. That's not part of the plan. And that presented its own challenges in so many ways. And probably more than any other point in the time we've lived in, in Australia for 17 years since we first felt God call us here. And we still feel God, you know, has called us here for uh, the sake of his kingdom and for the, for the cause of Jesus' gospel. But probably more than almost any other point, we felt the distance between, you know, here and, and kind of where you wish you could be at times. And one of the things that God spoke to me through, and I hope in a different way he may speak to you through it today, was even in the moments I would start to feel like, oh, there's a frustration there. Why, you know, God just reminded me of these words, and they brought me so much peace and joy. The words where Jesus, he's uh, speaking to a crowd about the willingness to, to give things up in order to follow Christ. And he says these words at the end of a particular moment. He says, and it's recorded in Matthew 19, he says, Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. In Mark's account of it, he says, will receive, uh, no, they won't fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, along with persecutions, he says there, and in the age to come, eternal life. You know, one of the things I love about this verse, and I, I want to encourage some of you with it, is we are so blessed over this last uh, eight weeks and, and the birth of a child and even going through some other things that were hard at times, that even from the a moment I might have had a thought to say, oh, I'm so disappointed about this, all I could feel was like, God, wow, thank you. Because I know the truth is, though we aren't with our, you know, family in that traditional sense, we just had to say to God so many times, thank you for, he has repaid us a hundredfold. We had so many people, as Lisa said earlier, who just loved on us, cared for us. Everywhere we turned, there was people who would just look after us. We were at the hospital, and sometimes, again, they'd say to us, you know, do you have any, fa oh, you don't have any family here. That must be so tough. And, but we'd say, we don't have family in the way you might always use that word, but we have so much family here. We've got people who are, you know, we had friends who were setting up uh, Asher's room while we were still at the hospital and hadn't gotten time to do that. We had people who brought us food, you know, every night. We had people who sent messages and, and, and comfort and stopped by. And, 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 and all that to just say, we were just blown away by the tangible lived reality that whenever you give something up for Christ, he only repays you far more. And for us, that's, it's unique. We, we moved uh, to the other side of the world. We did that because we believe it's what Jesus calls us to still do all those things. Jesus will, unlikely that he will ask you to move to the other side of the world. Uh, not, not, that's not the default thing he asks people to do. But what is true, and every bit is true for you as it is for me, that when Jesus asks you to give something up, for his name's sake, he will repay you far more than what you think you will lose. 
I think there are so many people. I mean, Jesus talks here, but it's, it's parents, it's homes, it's fields, it's wealth, it's livelihood. It's, it's, but when, when Jesus asks you, are you willing to let go of those things he asks you to let go of? I think there are so many people who believe in Jesus, want to follow Jesus, but sometimes can end up holding back from being obedient to Jesus because you feel like you'll lose something. I think there's people, you know, we took up an offering this morning. There's people sometimes who they know God's calling them to be a part of, like, giving back, recognizing it's all his and honoring him with their finances. But people hold back for one reason, if they're believers, usually because they believe that by doing that, they will have less. I can't do this, God, because you don't know where it's at. And, and so that fear of, like, if I give this up, I'll have less. All I can tell you is in whatever Jesus calls you to give up, you don't need to fear that you will have less. There's people who probably have, you know, relationships that sometimes aren't honoring to the Lord that you might know he actually wants you to move away from. But you feel like if I do that, I'll have less. There's, there's so many things. Even just to be a part of worshiping on a Sunday, I think sometimes people feel, I can't give up that regular kind of every couple hours on a, a Sunday because there's X and Y and Z and I'll have less. When you, when you just are obedient to the simple things Christ calls us to, you don't end up with less. You end up with more. We could have never, if we, if we had gone the way I felt when we first left this church, Jesus, we can't leave here. I can't imagine, you know, life without family. I could have never imagined the amount of people God would bring into our lives who could just love, care, support. I couldn't have imagined it, how big family could become. And, and I just say, it, that won't be your thing. And in those other things I mentioned, they may not be your thing, but just as... Uh, at the heart of that proverb is the idea of trust. At the heart of this verse is the idea of obedience. At the heart of it is the idea, if you will just put Christ first. It's like you can just feel Jesus pleading with people. This was right after the rich young ruler said he was unwilling to part with all his wealth. It's just right after that. And you can just feel Jesus pleading saying, I'm telling you, you think you'll have less. Whatever you're willing to give up for my name, for the sake of the gospel, Jesus says, you will only find more. And I, and I just want to let you know, if, if there's something in your life you're wondering, if I give this up, you know, is this, if I'm obedient to Christ, can I, what will happen? Oh, I just tell you, you'll find, uh, we have just experienced such a rich reality that Jesus' word is so true on this. You know, the the bottom line, I guess, and the, the one thing I want to just leave with you today that just been so reminded of this last eight, nine weeks, the, the one thing that I think when I said to the Lord, what, what's, you know, what's a message to share? When you choose to put Christ first in your life, life will have its unexpected moments. Life will have mountaintops, it'll have valleys, it'll have everything in between, it'll have unexpected moments. But when you choose to put Christ first and just say, Lord, help me to trust you, even when it's not going to plan. Help me to know you're establishing my steps. You know, when things are, are going well, they say, Lord, help me to recognize every day is a gift from you. Help me live life to the full every day, Lord Jesus. When, when times are not going well, 
instead of turning from Christ, to turn to him and to, to mourn with him and to, to, to step into that space, not turning away from Christ, but with Christ. And then to just realize in all the simple acts of obedience, whenever you say yes to him, to live life with the confidence of just knowing, I can say yes to Christ because I trust his word. That whatever I give up for him, I don't end up with less. In his hands, we are given so much more. You know, I want to just simply pray for you today. I want to pray for, I know some of you will be at all different places. Some of you are on, on the mountaintop, some maybe in the valley. But I'd love to just pray for you, for our church, that we might be that tribe of people who are living with Christ at the center of our lives. That we be those people who are trusting him in each and every season. That we be those people who are willing to trust him, to be obedient to him, to, to walk out life in close, just step with him. In fact, I want to invite you to stand up. I invite you to stand up at Malu. I want to stand up. You can watch it at home. You can stand up just to create a bit of space for you to respond to God. This is a, 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 some of the things the Lord was speaking to me about. But I want to encourage you to find what's his word to you today. Is there one of these verses that maybe he just stuck some, some lights on it today and said, hey, this is my word to you. Is there some area of, of your life and response that he has for you? I want to encourage you to take a moment and acknowledge what God might be speaking to you today. And then I want to pray for you. And I want to pray just a simple prayer for those today who just say, you know what, Lord, I just want to, I want to reaffirm that Christ, you are first in my life. You are at the center of my life. And whether I'm on a, a mountain or in a valley, I want you to be my priority. I want you, Jesus, to be my true north, that I navigate my whole life by you, Lord Jesus. And so if that's you today, I'd just love to pray for you. So why don't you take a moment, wherever you are right now, just close your eyes, take a big deep breath and create a bit of space to connect with your creator and try to put a finger on what he might be saying to you today. pray for you this morning. If you want to be a part of this prayer, I encourage you just to respond in some way physically to God. You might want to lift a hand straight in the air as I pray. You might want to open your hands in front of you, but find some way to say, God, I'm, this is going to be a prayer that's just a, just a declaration today to say, Lord Jesus, I want you to just be my first in my life. I want you to be at the center. I'd love to pray for you. So would you join me in that? Lord Jesus, I just want to pray for each and every person today who you're whispering to their heart, you're whispering into their life, just as you've spoken into mine and just as you long to in each of our lives. Lord, I want to pray for those who today uh, just really want to follow you with even greater trust. Maybe the plans aren't going the way they wanted and, and they just want to find that place of trust. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring a resounding uh, peace and confidence that you are not absent, but you are ordering their steps, that you are there with them. Lord, I pray for those who 
today are wanting to step into a week where they really value every moment and just walking life out with you more present than they've ever been. I pray that God, your Holy Spirit, would enable them to number their days that they might gain that heart of wisdom. Lord, for those mourning today, going through a painful or difficult moments, I pray that you teach them to mourn well, to grieve well, that they might receive your comfort. Lord, for those today who there are things you're calling them to and, and they need that strength to be obedient to your call, I pray you'd fill them with great confidence to know that, God, there is nothing greater than the adventure of following you, of being willing to courageously be obedient to whatever you would call them to. Holy Spirit, come fill them up and enable them to live that life you dreamed for them. Lord Jesus, we want to be a people who keep you at the very center. We want to be a people who recognize your goodness in our lives, who are willing to keep you in that absolute place of priority, first in our lives. Lord Jesus, may we be those kind of people. May we be that kind of church. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody agreed, said, amen, amen. You know, we're going to take the next few moments to sing songs of praise and worship. And I just want to encourage you just to celebrate in your own life who God is today. Such a special opportunity we get once a week. We've so missed being able to gather and just be in person with everyone to celebrate who God is. So let's make the most of this moment. Let's make the most of this time and just be reminded of the goodness and the greatness of who God is.